you are totally the biggest mark. And I have had the brain to do Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell. And all these people are a bunch of stinking bums, aren't you? The reigning United States heavyweight champion, Brett Hitman Clark. Welcome back, fans of the the Nitro Party Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be reviewing the Nitro from September 25th, 1995 from the Florence Civic Center in Florence, South Carolina, where there were 5,000 happy fans, but only 2,000 of them paid. How's that work, Clay? Well, a lot of times, unfortunately, the wrestling business was sort of struggling at this time. So what they do is obviously you promote your event, and it looks really bad for your product if there's a bunch of empty seats out there. So WCW is notorious for just handing out free tickets. And I kind of wish I would have known that as a, as a young lad. If you go just stand outside you know, a random thunder, you'd probably get in for free. I have a question. At this time, were they recording everything else at Universal Studios still? I believe Saturday Night and Worldwide were both still at Universal. Not sure. I guess they would have been touring house shows. Right. And then Nitro. So, um, so, one thing, we've got Grant back on the podcast this week. He's been out for a couple weeks. He got his technical issues fixed, and he's back with us. There was a, so, uh, a Moppy-related incident, actually. Um, yeah, Moppy. So, I'm, I'm back. Oh, like... Like Perry Saturn? Yeah, that Moppy. The oh. mop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good now, though. Oh, nice. Just, All know. right. So, without any further ado, remember, for you out there watching the network, you're going to play the episode from September 25th, 1995. There's going to be an ad of some sort, and then it'll kick in to the episode. So, when we tell you to press play, just sync it up with the podcast, and you'll be good to go. Alright, so, when I say play, go ahead and click that mouse. So, in three, two, one, play. And we're off. And we are going. The new intro. Yep, yep, we should have Luger in the intro now. There he is. Luger has placed Vader in the opening. uh, Who was he uh, slamming there? Looked like... It looked like somebody with, like, like English, like type. Squire Dave Taylor or yeah. somebody like that. Steven Regal, maybe, Something. I don't know. I just watched a video earlier of uh, Steven Regal getting punched in the face for real by Fit Finley. Ooh. <laughs> like, like right how long nose. ago was this? Uh, Fit Finley had long hair. So he was, like, so, a Belfast brawler. Probably, yeah. that gimmick was. That would be a good for real fight. Oh, yeah. This poor, poor animal. <laughs> where is Peta? Where is Peta when you need him? If Peta was as active as they are now, then that dog, would, the show probably would have been shut down Mon- because of that. Monko is uh, the only announcer that I can remember that was ever so bad that he needed like um, uh, props. Yep. You know, he's yeah. It's like there's Bischoff, the color commentator. They're seen in the heel. And then there's Mongo, the idiot. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just ready for that dog to take a big, meaty chud right on the yeah. announce desk. Yeah, no, he's like the carrot top of the commentating world. Yeah. 
He's pretty terrible. And, and actually, as we'll see here in coming years, look at the uh, pyro guys back where they just the the They look like they dove down there like, hey, dummy, you're on camera. Get out of there. <laughs> so first match of the night, we've got Alex Wright, Das Wunderkin, versus the debut on Nitro of the Disco Inferno. Mustaches, mustaches. <laughs> no, I was excited to see uh, Alex Wright when I watched this earlier. Um, it's this guy's entertaining, man. Yeah, and it's he's got some skills in the ring. Yeah, he's definitely played with this horrible gimmick, you especially know, the, the Berlin gimmick. For the for the mid nineties, the uh, the gimmick that he's got now isn't so bad. It could have been a lot worse. True, he could have been, you know, the Red Rooster or something, or the Yeti. Or the Yeti, which is actually that's coming, coming up. up. We're we're gonna have that here in a couple weeks, so look I out. I don't think I watched much Nitro, but like after Halloween Havoc '95, like ever. So it's gonna be kind of interesting. It's kind see of a what dead happened. spot. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know about you guys, but I would well, we would have been ten or eleven at this time. I was not watching wrestling my, at this time, so. My grandpa always did, so I, I almost, at least every other week, saw WCW Saturday night. You catch um, some of it. And so, yeah, you kind of catch up on it there. Um, it was also kind of interesting because they were never, that was my early exposure to wrestling. And because of Cable with, with you know, Turner, it was never, I was never like a huge Hogan fan. Uh, there, there was never a Hogan family. We were always Sting and Flair fans, so. Oh, yeah. So we've got Glenn Gilberti, the Disco Inferno here. Um, we're gonna just we're gonna do something a little different every every week, couple weeks maybe. We're gonna pick a wrestler and kind of maybe just run down his his career a little bit. We're not gonna be doing this with Hogan and Savage and people that you may know because everybody knows their background. We're gonna be picking the mid Carters, maybe guys you haven't really seen that much, and just give you a little background on them. So. Glenn Gilberti, uh, born November 12, 1967, started in wrestling in 1991 on the Georgia independent scene, so probably has a lot to do with him getting picked up by WCW is that he's, you know, he's around the uh, around the area. He uh, he actually had a short stint in the WWF in 92 as an enhancement talent or a jobber. Right. He ha- also had a short stint with Jerry Lawler's USWA out of Memphis. Um, he's going to become a one-time WCW cruiserweight champ. Nice plancha from the uh, to the outside by right there. Disco's going to be a one-time cruiserweight champ for WCW, a one-time world tag team champ with WCW with Alex Wright as the... Uh, what was their tag team? It's the Dancing uh, Fools. The Dancing, the dancing Fools. <laughs> dancing right. Idiots. As Heenan called them, yeah. And he's also a two-time World TV champ. So, um, had a short stint as a road agent in TNA uh, in the late 2000s mm-hmm. as well. So this was a really this guy was really a company guy. We'll see from here until the end of the company. Disco was always around. So, like he was never like off either. Like, yep, he was, he was on, always like, there. nearly every damn Nitro. Yeah, or Thunder even. And the guy can work, you know. I watching this match earlier, you know, just kind of remember him from his later days as as being a lot more of a personality than a wrestler. But you know, the guy's not bad. Oh, he's not bad at all. Something we just saw there, and Disco just threw a left-handed clothesline. 
that is something for I'm sure there's a reason why you don't see that with coordinating moves and, and working yeah. matches. I'm sure when everybody trains they train to be get you know, to get clotheslined right. yeah. from the right hand. But you know? and there's another short arm clothesline on the left side by Disco, so I just found that kind of interesting, something you don't see that often. Hmm. I wonder if he's left handed. That that very well <laughs> could that may be. be the only reason why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and that was uh, kind of the other thing that I, I really, you know, kind of thought about watching this episode. Two things. Number one, kind of odd. WCW has seemingly a huge obsession with guys going to the outside like a million times during a match. Right. Um, number two, one of the things, one of the reasons I was especially later always a WCW guy, and you kind of seen it with this match, is that, you know, Nitro oftentimes would start off you know, a little bit of a recap from last week, but then jump right into a match. Usually, you know, lower to mid card guys like this who could just wrestle their asses off. Um, you know, always just kind of something that I appreciated. Well, now if you watch any wrestling, every episode of any wrestling show starts out with a forty-five minute promo by right. somebody I mean, involving a McMahon. Right. Well, luckily, he's got selling from. Disco mm-hmm. Disco's selling that hair pretty good. I mean, this guy, he bought into this gimmick. Say what you will. Yeah. I mean, he lived it. What was his gimmick in those, uh, like, USWA? Did he have a gimmick? I am not. I think he was just a job guy. Ran- I, I Random not... Italian fellow. Yeah. So we see Alex Wright getting the three with a back, reversing a uh, swinging neckbreaker into a backslide and... Counting the three, so Disco loses his Nitro debut, which doesn't come as a real surprise. I mean, Disco is sort of a jobber that maybe got himself over more than people thought he would. I think it was, uh, no one ever admitted that Disco was over, but everyone always talked about Disco Inferno. Like to the end, he's a good. Com- like he was over, but nobody would admit that he was over. Right, he's a good comedy heel. I mean, good opening match guy. Yeah, he's responsible for the NWO Wild feed in '99. That is, uh, I am excited for that. I know it'll be a while before we're there, but oh man! So something we saw in this match, Alex Wright hits a drop kick on Disco when he's on the top turnbuckle. Why is it these guys are you know? Oh wait, 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 wait! Oh. This is hilarious. Putting no weight on it whatsoever. Anyways, finish your thought. Oh, man. We'll come back to that. Or maybe we won't. But, but this we, needs addressed. This is bad. This, this promo from Hogan. Remember, kids, wrestle with neck injuries. Does he, like, his skin looks horrible. <laughs> like, is it rubber? Like, look at the rolls around his, like, yeah. pecs. Well, he looks Hogan like he's wearing a body in suit. In his early 40s at this time. And he spent a lot of time in a tanning bed, and that ain't good for, for you. For those of you that, that like to, uh, you know, smoke your turkey, you get the smoker out around around Thanksgiving <laughs> for that. Um, if the skin gets to this point, you've you've done something wrong. That's yeah. That's my tip. <laughs> why is he wearing? I don't know. If you've got a neck injury, why do you put all the stuff on? Like, wouldn't you just? Yeah. 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 Well, because he's immortal. Like he's he's literally a demigod. He will. <laughs> Well, you wouldn't you know. think you'd be able to get a neck injury like that. I never heard of Zeus going around or Hercules with a neck injury. Like, like Zeus and Hercules, the wrestlers, or the <laughs> actual gods? I, yeah, I meant uh, of, of Greek mythology, but... Not not Debo from Friday. No, no. Okay. 
they uh, use this set, this background set, uh, quite a bit, no matter yeah. where they're at. So they put no thought into, you know, <clears throat> the fact that every single arena in the world has the exact the same exact locker room, the exact same lockers. concrete block walls. I'm, I, you know, I'd never really put a lot of thought into it, but you've ruined that for me. Oh, God. <laughs> It'll never be the same. In this promo, Hogan says he hasn't missed a workout, yada, yada, yada. You know, he's in a neck brace. He's just had his neck torqued severely by the giant at least a couple times already. His <laughs> his neck Jimmy Hart's get, like, huh? did you see his necklace get stuck on yeah, the brace? Exactly. And then Hart was trying not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. So remember, kids, little Hulkamaniacs, neck, in- neck injuries ain't shit. You'll be fine. Just go out and wrestle and work out, and you ain't going to get hurt. That's not a real person you know. Wow, and I should have uh, I should have got some Slim Jims. I was gonna say we need to make sure from now on we're eating a Slim Jim, and every time that That's we right. see the commercial, we snap. Also, in that Hogan promo is where he challenges the giant to his monster truck challenge that uh-huh, we'll see uh-huh. at Halloween Havoc which as retribution is, for running over his motorcycle last week. Right, it, it's one of the biggest wastes of time in pay per view history. It's mm. even as a kid, I remember thinking, "Man, this this isn't right." Yeah. yeah. I remember renting it from BNC, Halloween Havoc 95, and I like wanted my money back by $2 that it cost for renting a video. So we get a recap of Luger and Savage uh, promos from last week. We get to see Randy. Go ahead. Luger talking is just unnecessary, and and showing it again is even more unnecessary. I don't know. We get to see Savage about break his ankle in his cowboy boots because he tries doing his normal stuff, but he forgets he's wearing cowboy boots and about falls over. Uh, Luger has given the exact same interview in the ring since the first episode of Nitro. It's, I came here to play with the big boys. Yada, yada, yada. I have a a big old fluffy white shirt that I never change. I have a puffy shirt tucked into black guest jeans and no belt. (laughs) I I really I don't know if there's any if anyone ever asked Savage this in a real interview, but man, there's no way he can see out of those. I don't know how he gets to the ring. Yeah, honestly, like like I mean, I guess there's a little space in between, but man. Well, didn't you ever get some of those glasses when you were a kid? Like the uh, I used to have a pair of glasses that were like Pepsi Generation, uh-huh. and it said Pepsi on one eye and Generation on the other, and like you can't see from the outside in, but you right. can see through the outside. It's the way, like, there's tiny little holes. Oh, really? It's like a mesh bag, almost. Like, you're looking through a mesh bag. That might be the deal. It's gotta be. So we've got Randy Savage in the ring with Mean Gene. <laughs> He's coming right <laughs> for us. It's a little unnerving, Like It looks like he should be wearing pants. Yeah, <laughs> why why are you in full wrestling gear? I mean, he does wrestle at the end of this. But right. That's like an hour from now. Yeah, no, it's just like spending the night at your buddy's house and his dad just comes out in his underwear to see what the hell is going on. <laughs> yeah, an hour before bedtime. He's in his underwear. Just just like purple briefs. <laughs> and to give you a speech that sounds a lot like this, really. Yeah. If you if you can pin me, I'll retire from my job. 
Get down here, boy, and pin me. Son, if you don't go to bed. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't wait till my son gets old enough that I can do that to him. Yeah. Every night, if you can pin me, you don't have to go to bed right now. Isn't that on Seinfeld with Festivus? Yeah, with, it's, uh, it's, yeah. With George's dad. Festivus isn't over until you pin me. Yep, <laughs> exactly. So this promo is setting up a match for next week in which if Luger loses to Randy Savage, he will leave WCW. Wonder how that's going to turn out. <laughs> I, do contracts work that way? Can I just call it's my like, cable provider and tell them, hey, I want out of my contract, so how about we wrestle and if you lose, I can go to Luger somewhere else? Luger has to pay a cancellation fee if he loses. I said that that makes sense. That makes sense. It's hard to not get fixated on the crowd in some of these. I know. I oh, keep... We get a wide variety of mid-90s. I mean, mid-90s wrestling fans. Look at, that, look their, at, uh, look at that bowl cut to the left of Savage's shoulder. Oh, oh That's yeah. me. Like, I had that shirt. That's what even. you looked like in 95. I had that haircut and that shirt, and I'm not even joking. It appears like he's got a bumper sticker slapped across his chest. That I may have done as well. <laughs> yeah. So Luger refuses to shake Savage's hand. That's, that's the worst kind of heel. He just doesn't have a lot of manners. Like, is that, I'm supposed to hate him? He's just He's just kind of rude. Yeah. Here we go. Set up for the best pay-per-view ever. Call your local cable provider. I I always have it can be disappointed. I always wanted to do what they said, like just call up and be like, "Oh, call your cable provider and tell them you want to be part of the biggest thing ever." Like I just <laughs> wanted to call and tell the lady on the other end that. <laughs> oh man! Literally, yeah. Just say those words and then hang up. Like what time? Uh, we had what did we a, had? What did a pay per view cost at this time? Does anyone know? That's a hell of a question. I would we'll say have to between whatever back when we bought them, and like probably twenty five to thirty, ninety seven, ninety eight when we bought them, they were thirty. Yeah, so I'd say twenty to thirty bucks. And I'd like to point out, I'll I'll look, but I'm I'm sure because I know they mentioned Bigfoot. Both of the uh, monster trucks, I believe, are just alternate Bigfoot trucks with stickers put on them. They just slap a little different body. Yeah, yeah because, be, because they look like they're both, uh, I think Bigfoot was an F-250 maybe, um, and that's what they both look like. Did Turner own the, uh, whatever it was called at that point, the Monster Truck Federation or whatever? Well, they always had that Monster Truck Madness show or whatever which, it was called. Which was on TNN. Um, TNN. Which was, I believe, owned by Turner. Um, and so, I yeah, I'm, I'm sure that would have been part of it. Yeah, Rhodes announced a few times on uh, on the yeah. Monster Truck Madness. Medusa was on it too a lot. Yeah, yeah, there were a bunch of WCW in the in the in days. Um, there was a Sting truck, um, the Goldberg truck, which was Goldberg Tom, had a truck. Yeah, and there was Tom, the giant truck. Yeah, Tom, Tom Mintz was the driver. Goldberg still a, a big name. He was the guy that just pressed Gravedigger every week. And then Medusa, she that truck won a couple times. She drove it a little bit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and then WCW had the they had the NASCAR, uh, which gave us the greatest tag team of all time, the Pit Crew. Oh yeah, yeah, they were just the jobbers worldwide. on yeah, WCW worldwide jobbers. Yeah, they'd come out and get squashed by Harlem Heat every right. couple weeks. 
So, so what do we got here? Here we got uh, Sar- whoa, a little that? junkyard dog-esque headbutt from Sergeant Craig Pittman. So we've got Kurosawa versus Sergeant Craig Pittman. Kurosawa, kayfabe-wise, is credited at, I believe, Clash of the Champions a few weeks before Nitro started in kayfabe breaking Road Warrior Hawk's arm. They hmm. mentioned that here. He, they're presenting him as a you know a submission specialist type wrestler from Japan. Kurosawa is Manabu Nakanishi, who is a former Olympian and is still currently employed by New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we'll see this a lot where they have a a talent deal with New Japan. We saw Jushin Liger a couple weeks ago. So we'll see a lot of uh, Japanese talent in these opening matches here coming up. The biggest wrestling event ever was New Japan versus uh, WCW in Korea. Flair versus Antonio Inoki. Was that the one in North Korea? North Korea. That Flair went to and didn't yep. know if he'd come back yep. alive. That was the biggest wrestling event ever, uh, attendance-wise. So this is this is a holy shit moment right here. Kurosawa hits a vertebraker oh. on the concrete. On the microphone. <laughs> on the microphone. Almost on the microphone. Just sh- probably shattered his coccyx. Oh, that's right, I said Coxus. Pittman's like, wait a second, we didn't play on this yeah, one. Yeah, that's... There's that's, no way that could have been That's pretty awesome done right there. I thought this was kind of an odd matchup. Yeah, they didn't have the greatest chemistry. I mean, I do like the ending of the match in a way that makes it seem very real. Him and Luger actually uh, have the same trunks. They, Whenever Luger went back, he took oh, them off. Oh, they swapped. Yeah, they swapped. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just the old black trunks, black boots... No, I just I I don't know. I don't know if Pippen is the best at selling it. I don't know. I think he's just a little lacking, a little bit too much of a big man. Yeah. Kurosawa's gimmick here is that he's constantly working the arm. He's sort of being touted as the master of the arm bar. Like I said, broke Road Warrior Hawk's arm a couple weeks back. Did Pittman ever go on to do anything else after this? I think he did he help run the power plant? Uh, yeah, I think you're he, right. Yeah. That sounds right. I, w- I want to say he was a trainer after his entering days were done. Man, I don't know how stiff he is, but uh, so far this match looks like it's been a little rough. Yeah, I mean, coming from Japan, it's just a whole right. different world over there. Yeah, They don't mess around. Again. Another, another hit. I love the JYD headbutts. I mean, it's just a way to give yourself a neck injury. But. <laughs> and again, here we are, second time in the match, outside. Right. That's a real good point. They do end up out there quite a bit. I'd um, like to, yep. I guess, point out the old-style guardrail that uh, the WWE left. They went to the, the more effective barricade. but it's, The solid, mm-hmm. solid black. Yeah, a lot less fun, in my opinion. Although, I guess, as a fan, there's a pretty good chance you get ran over with these. Yeah, yeah. When, when the metal guardrail rockets into your shins <laughs> when you're sitting front row, you're not going to be real happy with it. Yeah, that's a lawsuit. Got a nice belly-to-belly be- belly belly from Pittman. Cross arm breaker. Remember, it's not an arm bar. It's a cross arm breaker. <laughs> That's right. Kurosaw gets the ropes. At what time did WCW get rid of the rule where you can't throw somebody off the top rope? Because um, that was still in effect 
at this time. I don't know that it ever like went away. It just didn't get addressed. No, anymore. no, no. I, I think it did officially go away. And right now, there's someone who's bigger nerd than us screaming at us for not knowing oh, this. Okay. But I want to say that's an NWO era rule that maybe the outsiders used to toss guys over to get DQ'd so they wouldn't lose the belt when it was well, the, the I, Wolf I Pack with that. six. I remember that being a rule, like in the early '90s WCW. I, I right. think so. I get, just I think when we get to NWO era, I I believe that they suspend that rule to keep the outsiders from cheating out of losing the belts. I see. It's possible. So the finish to this match, Kurosawa hits a German suplex, which he gets a three count on. Pittman does a good job of selling that he knows he can't kick out, but he tries to scoot his way towards the ropes, but he's about a second too late. I liked that. It, to me, that's good psychology. Yeah, and trying to make it seem like a real, real sport. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's and they, get another get another look at this vertebrae. <laughs> Sweet Jesus! Maybe we should try to get uh, Mr. Pittman on the podcast sometime. <laughs> Have to look and see what he's see up to. Here his agent is. Pay him fifty bucks or something. He's one of those guys that was just always around, good company guy. Mm-hmm. You know, could really work a match with darn near anybody. Kevin Sullivan. Why is Kevin, Kevin Sullivan looks like he's cross-eyed <laughs> in that stock picture? Yeah, oh, well, luckily we don't have to wait for it. So we've got Double A Arn Anderson and Flying Brian Pillman in the ring with me and Gene Oakland to cut a promo. What do y'all think's in Pillman's fanny pack there? Drugs. Drugs. They're called gimmicks. Huh. <laughs> what was the drug of choice for uh, Nash and Hall? What were those things called? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Not really. I'm sure I do, but I just don't like know. somas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. soma. Yeah, they're like the pills. Uh, and it just turns you into a slobbering idiot. Yeah. Aren't they? Um, oh gosh, they're supposed to like help you sleep or something. Right. But if you take them with alcohol, it right. just makes you just nuts. Right. Like you're slobbering, but you're like buzzed and like well, very inebriated more than buzzed. So Pillman cuts a shouty promo. I'm waiting for this to get to double A because he's just one of the best. I think Pillman, if he hadn't have died, he'd probably have been huge. He was on his way there, I think. Yeah, I think so. A lot of lot of talent, a lot of a lot of ability there. Mm. Think of like the angles him and like Steve Austin could have done, like yeah, in absolutely. the early two thousands. Where do I get a pair of Arn Anderson? You get those at Lin- Lens Crafter? I think you get them at the antique store. Man, just the old wire frames. Yeah. Well, they're like non-tented aviators. <laughs> are there actually lenses in there? Like, there may not be. Those lenses are some in clean there. lenses. If there's some lenses in there, why would you wear so, those if you didn't have to? <laughs> <laughs> so, double A. This is this is leading up to a tag match at Halloween Havoc. Between Double A and Flying Brian versus Ric Flair and a partner yet to be decided on. And Double A does a really good job in this promo of talking about how they had their singles match at Fall Brawl. Flair couldn't beat him. 
Now he wants to have a tag match, and Double A does a good job of playing that tag matches are his realm because he's one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of all time. You think about you know the Brain Busters with him and Tully, and Blanchard. Tully Blanchard and the other teams with the Horsemen. Just a great tag team worker. And he really plays off how Flair has alienated everybody in the business because he always had Arn to back him up when they were in the Horsemen. I thought that was a really clever way. It's not a long promo by any means, but it really gets across. You know, Flair's made his bed. Now he's got to lie in it because he's, you know, he's pissed off everybody in the business from with his attitude. Man, we just talked. Over, we just talked over some entertaining people. Yeah. Picture being showed there. Um, yeah, who do we have there? Uh, Sting and Johnny B. Bad, and yeah. then uh, Giant and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, the but with the Giant Kevin Sullivan, they didn't adjust Kevin Sullivan's height, so it's just his head. Yeah, because <laughs> Kevin Sullivan's only like what five foot five or something. He's, he, yeah, he's taller than that. But oh, we get a recap. We get to see this again from oh, last yeah. week. Did you guys? Or I guess Grant, you didn't. We're around to talk about it. But did you ever look this up, Clay? The actual episode of Oh Watch? no, no, I didn't. I <laughs> I blocked this from my mind already. It's horribly amazing. <laughs> Sand in the eye. Yeah, they'll get you every time. I just love Flair coming in at the end here and his oh they didn't show it. At that at, at ninety in ninety five I remember watching uh Baywatch in my bedroom uh at like eleven o'clock at night because it was on after Furiously masturbating. <laughs> it was Letterman, then like MASH, and then Baywatch was on. Like reruns when it was syndicated. I like Taskmaster's music here. It fits him. It's very menacing. The only thing I like about it. Yeah. yeah. Man. Some, some schmo puts his hand in front of the camera. <laughs> you just sound like he's fed up at this point, because he's an old-school territory guy. Yeah. Well, and I think I mean, he's just kind of disagruntled. <laughs> like, he knew things were changing, and he didn't like it. He's trying to change with the times, but he kind of fiddles out after this. Yeah, he really has more of a backstage role after this mm-hmm. Taskmaster gimmick. Uh, I mean, he was there to the end, but not on camera yeah, for years. Right. I really like the old Nitro set. I just like that. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's simple, but, I mean, it's perfect. Yeah, I would agree. Do you prefer this version of Pomp and Circumstance or his original WWF Pomp this and Circumstance? One. I've always preferred this one. You like the electric guitar? I like the uh, the guitar. It is a little bit crazier, although, uh, and just to point out a small gimmick difference, when I think of the old one, I always think of him as the Macho King. Uh, and I True. And I feel that that's more fitting because it's more regal. Right. That music does make more sense with that gimmick, I guess. Mm-hmm. Good mustache. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's a... I don't know. It's a little different because it's only an hour show, but it's weird, I guess, because it's an hour show. You know, we've seen some kind of top guys not not in the main event. Are you laughing at Ed Leslie's hair? 
He only says yes and no. Yeah, his that's, his, that's his thing. He looks like Alfalfa from The Little Rascals. <laughs> only gone horribly wrong. So things get started off. Savage is chasing Taskmaster around the ring. So this one's, once again, outside. Immediately. immediately. Has the bell even rang yet? Yes, I, they did They okay. did ring the bell once he jumped outside. So is it not a DQ if you're attacked outside of the ring during the match? Well, the ref was distracted. We really oh, couldn't see that. It okay. looked like, like Sullivan had the ref's uh, attention. I will point out that uh, Zodiac is wearing leftover Brutus Beefcake trunks. Yes. Kevin Sullivan around this time, maybe uh, maybe switching to the singlet might have been might have been the way to go. <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm. I mean his body's not the greatest, and there's nothing wrong with that. That doesn't mean that you can't work, but I, there's just no reason to show it off. Careful not to drop Savage on his crotch on the guardrail <laughs> there. Sullivan's taking care of him. <clears throat> I think that clothesline from Zodiac might have been a little stiff. That yeah. uh, Savage's lip appears to be bleeding. Knowing Savage, he just did it himself for effect. That's no, kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> just took a just bit a chunk out of his lip. I, and, and I this, know, and I know, I've said this before, but he just he does such a good job of selling it. It's it's probably worth saying every week. The fact that his gimmick is that he's just a lunatic. Yeah, he's just crazy. It's not really a gimmick, though. I re- <laughs> yeah. I really like, it's one of the few things I liked about WCW in the later days, like towards the end of Savage's run, when he had uh, the the valet, and he was wearing his hair slicked back in a ponytail. Yeah. And he was he was wearing, you know, he was macho madness. Yeah. Like, he was, and it, like that famous piece of video where he slaps Tori Wilson. Like, he's nuts. Yeah. When does Miss Elizabeth come back? Was that, like, not till NWO days? She comes back with Flair, I think, in the mid... Around 96, because him and Savage are feuding, and he Flair brings her out, or something like that. Hmm. I'm not exactly sure how they reintroduce her. Outside again. Yeah. This has been the majority outside. So those guys are into it. Yeah, they nice. are. I uh, I do. I I really like the announced booth being all the way back by the entryway. Kind of get a right. shot of it there. Um, I don't know. I don't know that it necessarily matters, but I always kind of preferred that. I did too. Uh, I think if nothing think else, because was... there's no tendency to watch what's in the ring. You watch what's on your monitor if you're not close uh-huh. enough to the ring to see it. So. What's getting called is, is, I think, more like what you're seeing on TV. Right. So Savage twists off and throws Randy Anderson to the ground, giving the Taskmaster a DQ win. So he's got... he's got And he does not care. He's got Zodiac and uh, got him stacked up for the elbow drop. There was no point in that. Like, right. Angle-wise. <laughs> he's like, just getting his move over. People want to see the elbow drop. I'm just saying, like, Seth, Sullivan didn't have to move. Can we either. splice in the Big Show's music right here when he comes <laughs> out? Just, well. He was so much more, like, 
He's an athletic guy at this time. Yeah, like I mean, he's really, right out of college basketball. I love his choke slam at this point. Like, yeah, it is the be- this is the best looking choke slam before or since. I mean, he rides him all the way down oh, with yeah. it. I mean, yeah, that's a strong looking move. I'm sure I wouldn't want to take it, but <laughs> it looks good. No, he was. He was super athletic. I just has wrestled injured for so long at this point. We no have worries. random. We got random jobbers coming out. Who's this guy? Just, it, I think they say his name is Frankie Lancaster, so he's just a job guy. Hmm. Okay, they, they're saying Mark this is Star. Mark Starr, <laughs> another job guy. They shop at the same place. Yeah. Yeah, exact same trunks. Good dead job man. not choke slamming him on top of Savage. He, he killed him. He's dead. That's why we so never see comes, him again. Yeah. So we got Alex Wright back out here now. So not quite a jobber. He's gonna dive into a bear hug. <laughs> sure what he's doing and about there. gets thrown right oh, on top of the ref. They're really getting the giant over as this unstoppable monster. You know, have him choke slam Savage. Have him choke slam. You know, all these jobbers, and then of course we get Luger. Luger out again, like the angry father. Who drank my beer? <laughs> we uh, before when Alex Wright comes out, the the fans kind of kind of mark out for uh, Alex Wright. You can hear Bischoff start to announce Luger and go, and it's Lu- Oh, it's Alex Wright. So he <laughs> missed his cue on that. So fans were expecting him to attack Savage. Because he's kind of like done something in Fall Brawl, right? Right. They're they're trying to play Luger as sort of this shifty tweener type character. He's basically character. Sting from early '98. Right. They don't know where his loyalties lie. So basically, the point of this spot was to get over the giant as an unstoppable monster. Everybody eats choke slams. And the and way you cut. follow up with that is by putting him in a monster truck. Is this the? I love the stock picture of Luger from 1991 that they just oh, yeah. throwed up there. You're right, yeah. And then Ming. Ming and his uh, pig face <laughs> helmet. Oh, God. I, who knew Hogan was a Transformer? Yeah. He just turns into a monster truck. He's everything else. And back again. In that Schmaz ending to that last match with Savage and and Taskmaster, I I don't know why the, I think this is so funny. The incessant, constant bell ringing, like the timekeeper thinks he can stop what they're doing by just constantly ringing the bell. It's, it's the school bus driver just yelling at you. Knock I mean, it that's off. How it is. That's still how it is today. Like they still consider that bell. Like if this bell rings, everyone stop and right. Right. no one has since like 1984. So this is our main event. We've got, and I do, this is clever here. They've got Luger already injured in the ring from eating a choke slam from uh, from the Giant. And he's supposed to face Ming in the main event. So Ming just runs out and jumps on him. That's smart. Yeah, I like it. That's a smart heel. They actually wanted to cancel the match, but, you know... Ming wouldn't allow that, so he ran out and beat up. He's beating yeah. Luger up real right like, now. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. He's a crazy person. Yeah. 
I can't legit- think of anyone. I can't think of anyone better to put out there to just flail at someone just and ragdoll them. Yeah. Do we know why there are? If you get a chance, look at the back of Ming's trunks. Do we know why there is what appears to be lady parts on the back of his trunks? <laughs> You'll see what I'm seeing here in a second. I saw it earlier. Oh, dang it! Camera cut away. Well, now I'm just going to look at that. <laughs> I never wanted to see Ming's ass so bad. Phrasing. Man, Luger just taking it. You know Ming's stiff. Yeah. Ming has one of the best jumping pile drivers in the business. This looks really, really good. But he's safe with it. Yeah. Enough to where he can get away with doing it. Because that can be a real dangerous move. uh, (sighs) What's Ming do now? Does he sell cars? I think he's a car salesman. He actually just wrestled in uh, Japan. That's a uh, what, what's his, does he have a son? Yeah, in his New son Tamatanga is in the Bullet Club in NJWP. You see what I'm talking about there with his trunks? Cut a little bit no. of it. It's it's strange. The um, see Ming was Haku in WWF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that is a fallopian tube, isn't it? It's something. It's it appears to be lady parts, but we'll just disregard that, or else we'll never get anything else done. Um, I think it in I can't remember. I'm just looking at that guy in the sweater that's like not moving and just staring like he's gonna kill someone in the crowd. He's just upset. <laughs> he just he's just staring. He's like a, a huge looter fan. <laughs> Look at him. A guy in the the black sweater with the white stripes. He's like I'm gonna kill both. So yeah, that is a vagina. Yep. Oh, God, were they showing it? I was yeah, looking at the guy should, in the crowd. Oh, you screwed up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> okay. Well, it's obviously a hand, but then... Well, but there's also a... <laughs> yeah, far, else. Far, far left, the pink part. That's... Yeah. Oh, huh. boy. That's a lady pouch. <laughs> so, Kid Tonga... Yeah, or the Tonga. Tonga, Tonga. Sorry, the Tonga kid. I think was his uh, gimmick, like when he was young. Oh, I guess. Talking about him. Props to the ref there for really selling that he was surprised that Luger wasn't out. I don't know if anyone caught that, but he really. Damn, I really thought Ming was going to take it home with his nerve hold. (laughs) Really sold it. So Luger's making his comeback here. You know. Yeah, that is okay. Anyways, I'm still looking at the bloody tampon that that. I gotta say, from watching uh, watching some episodes, not that we got oh, to see. Ooh. That's nice. That was kind of botched. I that think. was a botched yet ambitious, like tilt a whirl backbreaker from Ming. I, I liked it. Luger. I, I'm not saying Luger's a super great technical Bret Hart like worker, but I remembered Luger being worse than he is. He's he's entertaining to watch. He can do some moves. Sometimes he's entertaining for the wrong reasons, though. Right. But no, I, he really, he's hes not as bad as I remembered him being. Although he's just getting the crap kicked out of him by Ming this whole, whole match so far. We are missing a lot of Mongo's football analogies. I just like to point that out. We're kind of past the point of even pointing those out because <laughs> there's so many of them. Yeah. 
I think we get a USA chant here sometime. People love America. Do we know where Luger's <laughs> from exactly? He's from Chicago. 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 Okay. That's where his build is being from, yeah. The guy in that black sweater. I don't know why. It's just uh, he's, he's surly. <laughs> he's just like surveying the ring. He's thinking about doing a run in. Doing a what? Doing a run-in. oh run in. He's gonna. That's, he's gonna isn't that the best when fans run in the ring and then like just get all gimmicks are out the window? They just get the piss knocked out of. Yeah. I remember uh, in WWF sometime, uh, someone did a run-in. I, I don't think it ended up, maybe you guys didn't remember, I don't think it ended up being, like, a gimmick, and, like, Vader just, like, protected the guy. Really? Huh. Just didn't want him to get his ass just, beat? Didn't want him to get hurt and just grabs him and holds on to him until security can... Yeah. Well, like, yeah. you listen to Flair talk about, like, in the 70s? Yeah. Like, if you ran into the ring, like, you would literally leave bloodied. They'd kill like, you. They would... They would beat you near death. Get Just nice... because they were trying to, you know, right. make it look real at that point. So. I do like Ming's offense. I mean, that pile driver earlier, that Samoan drop, it all looks really good. It looks really strong, yet it's safe. And I'm sure he's stiff as hell, but he's still safe. A lot of hair in the ring. Has Luger had any offense yet? Eh, a little bit. He made a little bit of a comeback earlier, but got shut down pretty quick. It's because he's still beat up from that choke slam. So yeah. he whiffs that big boot, so let's do it again. All right. Hmm. Luger sells his own <laughs> clothesline. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think he did that because Ming didn't. He's like, well, what do I got to do now? It makes Ming look strong. Yeah. What's he grabbing? What's he grabbing? So Ming goes into the trunks for, like, a spike-type thing. It's a gold-plated utility knife. (laughs) That he hits Luger with to get the three. So Ming goes over. I don't... Not clean, but... From the crowd's perspective, there's there's nothing there. You don't see yeah. They have no clue. Like, he just oh, job punched him. He just job to a punch for all they know. That's strictly for the TV audience. So that that's the main event. Ring, kind of hype the crowd up. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> Bischoff's gonna hype Hogan for next week. Here and I never enjoyed how Night Show ended with just them talking. Yeah, that, I don't like that either. Um, apparently, that dog's been euthanized <laughs> since. <laughs> what kind of shirt is Mongo wearing? Man, I don't. That's like, like an affli- It's like an affliction <laughs> polo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time not just looking at Mongo the whole time. I don't know. At least he's got some tinted lenses for his Arn Anderson glasses. <laughs> it's true. All right. So that's it. And more so explosions. So is this this is the last night here before Havoc, right? It's, um, it's this Sunday. If we're no, we've got a couple weeks before really? Halloween Havoc. It's oh, almost October, September. Yeah, I was it's looking October at October okay, right. We got like a month yeah, before we Halloween got long, Havoc. Long ways to go. Hey, so we get uh, teased Hogan next week. We get Luger Savage next week. Dean Malenko will make his debut with the company. So, or at least on Nitro for that matter. 
So let's kind of go around here. What uh, what do we take away from this show? I'm uh, I think I'm happiest about uh, Alex Wright Disco Inferno. Opener wasn't bad. Good, I mean, it was good, good match, good solid match. Um, I mean, nothing crazy, but also a, a very well worked solid affair. No, decent, uh, decent um, hour show. How long do you guys, if you know, has this Dungeon of Doom Hogan angle been going on? A while. Before Nitro. Think, a while. Like it's like all of '95. That, like that's what '95. That's thing an is. interesting question because do you know who main evented? With Hogan in Starcade '94. Starcade '94. That would have been his first Starcade. Um, I give me a clue. <sighs> there, there's no way to not give you a clue without giving away. I'll just Kevin Sullivan. You're close, Dave Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan was in a feud with Kevin Sullivan, and it was before he. Formed the Dungeon of Doom, he was a member of the Three Faces of Fear. Three Faces of Fear, yeah. Which was yeah. Kevin Sullivan, Avalanche, which was John Tenta, now Shark, mm-hmm. as Avalanche, and The Butcher. Ed Leslie. Ed Leslie. Yeah. Main evented freaking Starcade with Hogan. I remember so, this now reading about it. That's terrible. It was Hogan versus the Hogan Butcher. versus Ed Leslie was the main event of, oh. of Starcade '94. So it's been going on a while. Yeah, is like, my point. 1995 like, was Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom. It, it may not be the Dungeon of Doom, but some form that of Kevin Sullivan incarnation stable. of Kevin Sullivan's right. group. Um. So yeah, we got four matches. That's kind of nice. We won't always get that. Some some uh, weeks there'll be three <laughs> matches instead of four. Three years from now, you don't get four matches in three hours. Oh, no, not yeah. even close. So, um, what what were what do you take away, Zach? Anything you want to point out? Um, I'm just pumped for Halloween Havoc. I can't wait. That monster. <laughs> the monster trucks, man. That's going to be awesome. That's over the top. That's gnarly, bro. Surely nobody will fall off a building to their certain death. Surely and, not. And come out unscathed. No. All right, sports fans, well, that's it for this week. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and tune in next week for another episode of Late to the Nitro Party. Be careful out there. See you next time at the pudding.